Well, hello there. It is good to see you again, and welcome back to Go Beyond Numbers. I'm your host and moderator, Ryan Ruff, and as always, we got our star of the show in Mr. Tony Rose of Rose Snyder and Jacobs LLC jumping aboard, and we're going to be jumping into another great conversation today, kind of picking up a part two, if you will, from our prior episode, where we welcomed on Dr. Patty Ann Tublin of the Relationship Toolbox. Now, if you recall and you joined us for our last episode, you know that we took a deep dive into just the power of communication in the workplace overall. You know, Dr. Patty Ann offered some strategies, some solutions, some techniques that you could be operating with and incorporating into your own professional career and life. But also, you know, we, we talked about some of the really a, a, a dip into the idea of emotional intelligence and where that plays out in the workplace. And we're going to cover a little bit of that today, but we also have a very, very big topic that I know that Tony wants to unpack with Dr. Patty Ann today. And that's just the idea really of just the women's voice throughout business and the working world. Uh, Tony's got obviously a lot of you know personal experiences with this in his personal life as well as his professional life, um, you know, and I'm sure he'll speak to that in just a moment but a lot that we want to unpack in terms of women in business and the power of their voice, uh, especially in today's day and age. So Tony, with no further ado, let's bring you on. Tony, it's good to see you this morning. How are you doing? Nice to see you, Ryan. And it's nice to see or think that many of our prior listeners are listening again. So welcome back to the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Part two, if you will. We've got Dr. Patty Ann here uh, going to be jumping on with us in just a moment for another good conversation. So, Tony, I'll throw things over to you. I know you've got a lot to, uh, that you want to unpack today with Dr. Patty Ann, so uh, fire away. Okay. Uh, hi, good morning, Dr. Patty Ann. Good morning, Tony. It is so great to be back for round two. Yeah, round, round two, and it's actually round three because I was on your podcast what was the pod what's the podcast called the trust doctor restoring trust and enriching significant relationships Perfect. So which is why we are so connected because your go beyond the numbers is all about relationships what a fabulous book thank you thank you very much so everyone before we get started please be sure to pass along if you're hearing anything that's valuable that this podcast exists in the world and also uh, pass on that Patty Ann has an incredibly important podcast as well. So let's get started. We, we talked, I don't know, I wanted to talk about, we talked earlier about 12 different things uh, and we only got to two things last time we, we talked. But one thing that, that initially attracted me to want to get to know you better seems like my whole lifetime it was just really relatively recently three three years ago maybe uh and fast friends. What, what fast was, friends. was it last spring no no fast friends we became oh. fast friends no it was about three years ago you're the numbers guy you're right yeah 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 i'm i'm in the moment the 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 relationship you have and the knowledge you have related to women in business I think is so important. And in the history of the firm, for those of you that don't know, my mentor and the person I went into business with a long time ago was a woman whose name was Mary Snyder. Very, very important in my life. And she was considered an, an unusual creature in the business world in the late 40s and the early 1950s because she was a single woman fending for herself with her son, and she was a CPA. And so we went into business together in 1976. From that time forward, uh, we always had a large presence of female clients in our practice. And I love to have women who happen to own business. And I know that they are sometimes different than dealing with male-owned businesses. So when I read Patty Ann's book related to, um, tell me the name of the book about uh, asking for your right price. Oh, Money Can Buy You Happiness, Secrets Women Need to Know to Get, yeah. Secrets Women Need to Know to Get Paid What They're Worth. That's yeah. right. Uh, I, I was intrigued by that. Uh, a lot of good information. I recommend people looking at the book. It's still in print, isn't it? Oh, there it is. Yes, I recognize that book. Right so, next to yours. 
So uh, I, I want to engage in a conversation today about women, which might be one of my favorite subjects. So how did you get into this woman thing besides the fact that you're a woman? Because that's a- Oh set. my gosh, that is so funny. This woman thing. Before I answer, I'm going to go back to your mentor, Mary. Was her name? Yes. And, and I think you called her an unusual creature. <laughs> I, I will call her an anomaly because very much so back in the 1940s to be a single mom and to be a CPA, that really was unheard of. Like I would love, I, I, th that was a trendsetter, a thought leader. And I, I know from working with you professionally, personally being your friend as an accountant that you are, you really have internalized so many aspects that are unique to women that I really think is part of your secret sauce to success. I really do. Um, so to answer your question, of course I have to go back in time, but I'll keep it short. When I was young, there was a time when I was young, we were both young, Tony, remember? Yes. And um, there was a competition for, for a speech. And I didn't know that you could give this somebody else's speech. So people gave Patrick Henry's speech and you know all different speeches throughout history. But I actually wrote my own speech and I had just sold my house last year and I was going through notes and I actually found the typewritten work I had done with my mom to create my speech. And the speech started like this. Women have together an enormous potential strength. We have wasted it for thousands of years. We must end the teacup mentality. And I literally just said that off the top of my head. And a whole bunch of men walked out of the competition. They, they left in a huff. And when I talk about the speech and I started to say it, I'm one of five, all my siblings started to say the speech with me. And I said, how do you know my speech? And they said, because you said it and practiced it a thousand times a day, the whole family was involved with the speech. So the, the, the long answer to your question is I've always been passionate about women. Be, and, and women being able to do whatever they want, not necessarily do what men did, because I don't think I looked at the world through, I want to do what men do. I want to do what boys do. I just want women, I just wanted to do what I wanted to do. So I actually did an interview with the, the co-founder of Rebox, Joe Foster. And I was telling him, I was the first girl on my block to wear sneakers. And really? it was, yes, I'm That's not amazing. that old. Yeah, and, and Tony, it was scandalous. Were they PF flyers? What were they? Close, they were the high top black cons with the star on, the, the white star. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Con and books. it was yeah. a scandal. They didn't have sneakers for girls back then. It was, I think before Title IX and it's not that I wanted to wear boy sneakers, but I wanted to play basketball. So, and it wasn't until I got older that I realized, oh, girls aren't supposed to do, supposed to do these things. But you know me well enough to know, I don't really care what people said I could or couldn't do. If I want to do something, I'm going to do it. And for years, it, I really, truly, Tony, didn't understand why there were barriers to women. Like, I, I, I truly, I, I, to this day, I don't get it. And I don't understand why women and men would buy into you can't do something because you're a woman. So I, I was always passionate about empowering people to do what they want. And then as I became, became older, I, would, I realized, oh, society says you can't do things because you're a woman. And I'll fast forward very much to, so I have four children. 
my oldest are identical twins. Um, it was a very complicated pregnancy. I almost died. They almost died. But, but then it was time to go back to work. And people, now luckily, my father wasn't like this when he was alive and I didn't marry a man like this. But people love to tell me, you, you, you can't go to, you can't have a career. You can't have your own business. You have two sick kids at home to take care of. As if I forgot. And I'm like, like, what do you mean? So I, I've never understood how people took that self-limitation. And I just feel as if women seem to have it imposed on them more than men. And I'm, I'm just not buying it. So, so I, I, I I'm going to turn this, I, I want to turn this discussion two ways. Okay. And, 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 and I want to engage you in a discussion uh, about the concepts of unique barriers and unique challenges. Mm -hmm. But I also want to direct it two ways. I want to direct it from the standpoint of a man looking at a woman mm -hmm. and then women looking at their own business and maybe male-owned businesses. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, so, so maybe we're going to get and maybe this is going to be too granular for everyone, but I want a chance at at great risk, by the way, on this podcast, to state the way I perceive things, which some people listening might object to. But I want to start with how you would define the term teacup mentality for not for when you did that speech, but for what you think might be a teacup mentality with women now. Gosh, Tony, that this this whole setup, and I want the listeners to know, Tony and I did not rehearse this at all. But this is beautiful. Like much, much, much to Ryan's chagrin. <laughs> but even if he did, we would have gone off script. But this is. I love this, Tony, and I, and I will tell you why. First of all, nobody's ever asked me to present anything within this framework. And let me, let me go to the teacup mentality. Um, and I wanna answer it from the unique barriers that, that men see for women. All right, let me, can, can I tie it that way? Uh, you might be combining two things I'd like to talk about separately, but let's try it. Okay, I well, interrupt say, me. I can only say you missed. All right, well, no, interrupt me if, if I'm not answering you. Well, so, I, I'd um, like to know what, what you perceive to be teacup barriers. Yes, I'm going to tell you. The I, women, in the women's view. Yes, and okay. I, okay, so for, I have to answer from the men's view first. Please. Okay. Okay. And I think this is where a lot of the issues are. And it comes from a good place, right? I think the road, yet yeah, the road to hell was paved with good intentions. But I do believe that men look at women from the lens of wanting to protect us. And I, and I think it's coming from a very good place. I, now you're smiling, what? Well, I, I want to tell you that that um, I had a date last weekend, and 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 I um, was with this woman who's an MBA and and very successful, and she created a charity, a very meaningful charity, and um, and we're walking down the street, and I was walking down the street with her, and and I was on the inside. Now, if anyone listening went to Cotillion, uh, men are instructed to always walk on the street side so that you will protect your female companion from getting hit by a car. Um, uh, and, and, and so I felt compelled to move around my friend and walk on the outside of the street. So you're exactly right. 
I think most men are taught that women need to be protected. Certainly of my generation and maybe one or two generations, I don't know what they're teaching men now, Dr. Patty Ann. I'm not but I know what I was taught. But I don't even know how they're defining men now. Let, let me go with what you said, Tony. Let me go with what you said, because guess what? My husband and I still do that too. He will always walk on the outside. And if I understand the history, it's not just to protect women from the cars, because even pre-automobile, I think it would be if if a horse went by and muck Blood got broke, it would protect the woman from getting their clothes dirty or their face dirty. That type of protection, I might get myself in trouble now. I don't think, I, I think men should be gentlemen. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with a man holding a door open for a woman, even though I'm more than capable of opening up my own door. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think it becomes an issue when, the, when we go the slippery slope from protection to controlling. And I've never had this conversation before. So I'm, I'm really just thinking this as we go along. When men are trying to control women and control their lives and control their businesses, and here we go now, Tony, and control their money, now we have a horse of a different color. That is so clear and easy to understand. You listening out there? Are you listening out there? Okay. From protection to control. So, uh, teacup mentality. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to let you off the hook. Okay. So, the teacup mentality is part of men wanting to protect women that are seen as fragile. And, and if you think about it, and again, I might get myself in trouble, but you know what, Tony? I'm just going to be honest here. When you think about it, and I happen to have a master's in nursing, and I'm also an RN, so I have a medical background. Women are physically the, I'm going to say it this way, the less strong sex, right? When I want to open up a jar and I can't get it open, I give it to my husband. Why? Because he is physically stronger than me. It doesn't mean he's better. It doesn't mean he's smarter, right? But physically he has testosterone. It is a different hormone for strength than what women have, which is estrogen. So th that's where I believe this teacup mentality is today. It's fragile. You have to protect it. Do you think, do you think that's really still true today? Um, uh, in, in, in the uh, 20 somethings and 30 somethings, do they have, do they understand or perceive this teacup mentality or is that out the window with the, uh, with the advent of sleeve tattoos? Uh, you know, I will say, so I have four children, three of whom are young men and I, I would be mortified if I thought my sons did not treat their women like ladies, it doesn't mean that they're not equal, but I would hope they hold the door. And, and I, I know they do. We just went to a family wedding. I watched them. And I do feel there's a sense of them protecting women in a healthy way. Remember, look at their mother. And it's not just their mother. I was telling my son's new bride and my niece, my niece's mother-in-law, I said, you know, these women come from a long line of strong women. And I think that's to be celebrated, but that doesn't, our female strength is not diminished by a man being protective in an appropriate way. So if you move this into a business setting, Mm -hmm. Because we can have a whole nother series on emotional relationships between men and women. Right. Uh, but let's let's move this into a business thing because I want to go beyond numbers. 
-hmm. and and um was that good ryan did i get that in there right and and um i was impressed tony i was, I was yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm getting better at this um so now this this may be natural protective mentality um translates oftentimes i'll bet negatively when men are dealing with women in business either as an employee or as an employer or as a vendor or customer let's talk about that a little bit okay let's let's let, let's there's so many moving parts with what you said so let's talk about women in business so again in fairness to men and other women women have not been in business all that long from a historical perspective if you even go back to women Tell cleopatra that uh, there's always been exceptions right and 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 look at the ones that were they were pretty damn successful for the most part all right but um women you know it wasn't until i again became older because i'm a little slow in the uptake that i understood why societies did not want women reading because then they're not thinking right but when women started to become educated like oh, let's go to modern society right when women got the vote and started to become educated they realized there's other critical thinking, the aspect of critical thinking came in. So maybe their husband or their partner or their brother or their father isn't quite the genius their brother, husband or partner wants them to think they are, right? So then there becomes a concept of being threatened. So the protections we were talking about earlier, Tony, if you look at it historically, you know, men were stronger, so they would fight off the tiger or whatever, you know, to protect women. I, I understand that. But today we're not fighting for our lives anymore, right? But in a business sense, women are relative, relatively, historical terms, new to the game. So there has been a learning curve that men perhaps, even though a young man needs to learn the business of whatever the business is, there has almost been a natural osmosis of being exposed to it, watching their fathers talk, their uncles talk, their grandfathers talk. And women were not in that conversation. So today, you know, women might have been a little, they might have had a late start, but that's in fact all it was but we have more than caught up. And I think in business, sometimes it's, it was well-meaning and, and men have had to shift their mindset to realize that because it's a woman speaking, it doesn't mean that there's, they're less than. And sometimes men have had to be trained to hear our voice. And again, I come to this from a place of well-intentioned. I do not like, nor do I approve quite honestly, not that anybody's asking me, but I don't like when women male do male bashing, right? I don't like when men male uh, bash women. I really believe, and this is one of the strengths of this country, right? Equality, where when we allow men and women to be truly equal, that is the beauty of success in a bit. That is the beauty of differences. When you know, Tony, you've worked with a female partner will look at a situation differently than a male partner. It's not better. It's not worse. It's just different. I can't tell you how many conversations I've had them with you. I've had them with various other very successful men. And I'll, they'll present an issue and I'll present my perspective on it, they're like, I never looked at it that way. And it might very well be that it's a female perspective. It's not better, it's not worse. It's just, wow, that's a different perspective. 
What can we do with that now? And it elevates the conversation. So, so the challenge then, as I view it, uh, for women is to be heard in the context of the screen through which they see a situation. Because I believe that men's scream, screen, or mostly men's screens, have a different tint to them than a women's screen. And, and I, I observe from time to time uh, that some of my cohorts and myself might dismiss the women's view because it really it, it, it it's it's oftentimes very different it, it it's crossways it's not overlapping mm -hmm. um and 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 i think that the conflict in communication up uh, is where there's a source of frustration and anger um, that men end up being caustic and and flip with women and they walk away and they start again because that's the way they're taught to play. And and those arrows and and barbs that are thrown at women in business in all positions end up being more lasting for women than men because men end up having fights and then they go out and have a beer. Uh, 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 I, I think with women, a, a, a verbal fight or a verbal exchange that's unkind sticks with them longer. Would you agree with that? Okay. Um, yes. And I'll work I'll start at the end, and then I want to go back to what you said in earlier in, when you were just speaking. So women, and I talk, I do talk about this in the book, and this is something women have to work on for sure. Women have a very difficult time not taking an, a disagreement at work personally. We, we really do, and we have a difficult time hearing no. We tend to take that as a personal rejection. Whereas men, you guys can fight it out, throw bobs, curse at each other, but it's it's business. It's just business. And then you can go out and play golf, play golf and go to the bar. Women have women, we have to take a page from the mail book and learn that. No doubt. And I do think we're getting better at that. It also feeds into the historical, although I think it's changing perception that you know women do not support other women at work but but there's a lot of reasons for that part of that is you know women if they say something that offends the other woman with the no I don't agree with that business decision oh well I know she never really liked me anyway no it has nothing to do with that right um but also when you only have one seat at a table for a woman you'll be less inclined to help other women up be your competition. So when men think they're so collaborative and collegial, well, men have had nine seats at the table. So there's less for them to lose when they are collegial with other men. But that's a little bit of an aside. So let me go back to the lens that you referenced, okay? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm sorry, you called it a screen. I, I refer to it as a lens, right? A lens through which men and women see a situation and we look at it differently. My response, and this is true in business, in all areas of life, right, Tony? Because wherever we go, there we are. Of course, we are looking at it differently. And if we have the mindset that we are approaching a conundrum or a, a, a problem or a challenge, and bring in a woman or bring in a man with the understanding going into it, 
they're going to give a different perspective. Let's be open, right? What does Dan Sullivan say? The eyes only see and the ears only hear what the brain is looking for. So if we're looking for the crossover difference, not the overlap, we'll be open to it. So that's the first thing. That's the, that's the mindset. Now, men might throw it out because it is a crossover because it's, and, and every time this happens, I want people listening to this podcast say, oh, we're on to something because it throws you out of your comfort zone. Where does the growth happen? Where does the learning happen? Where does innovation happen outside your comfort zone? So let's go to the next issue here. When we get to a problem in a situation, what many great innovators will tell you is throw everything out. Let's start with the clean slate. Assume nothing. Give us the ideas. That's when innovation happens. That's why companies will bring in, I think it was the airlines or one of the the, um, car companies years ago would bring in a CEO from outside the industry because they're not coming into it with the bias of that's how we do things around here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, and we've talked about that before in my business, as, as as some of you who have listened before knows that we have had Patty Ann consult in our business because I think we help other people run their businesses, but I think we need help running our own business. So we've talked about this before, haven't we? Yes, yes. And so innovation only happens when we're uncomfortable. So if the if the discomfort is brought in by a woman, that's embrace it is what I would suggest. You know, one thing that happens to me is, is that I know this sounds weird. I'm never not aware that I'm dealing with a woman, but I'm not aware that I'm dealing with men. Does that make sense to you? Of course. Why? Because when we are with what's familiar, it doesn't register as familiar consciously. It just is. Now, lately, lately, because I have been known to be profane in my life, but I am not necessarily as unreserved when I'm dealing with a woman than I am when I'm dealing with a man. Is that bad? I think we are making a mistake. Okay. Separate but equal is the concept here. I think we are making a mistake when we believe that men and women are the same. We are not. I might have said this before, Tony. We, until men give birth vaginally, men and women will be different. And I specifically say vaginally because who knows what they'll come up with, right? So I think because there are differences, we ignore those differences at our own peril. But different does not mean less than. Do do you get criticized for this kind of language? What what type of language? To some women who I perceive uh, uh, get angry when they're treated differently. Uh, well, that's believe it or not, that's a loaded question. They might, but I no, guess I, I, I want to do loaded questions. This whole podcast is loaded. I think. okay. I guess it depends upon what you mean by different. Am I be? Am I considered being treated differently because you will hold the door for me if I get to the door first, but you won't hold it for Ryan if he gets to the door first? Sure, that's a difference. I'm not offended by that. 
right? When the difference is, is um, being placated or condescended to, then I'm offended. Okay. All differences are not created equal. Again, right? Okay. So, so let's be a little more specific about barriers. And we'll talk about challenges both ways. But let's talk about the barriers that women are confronted in the business world today. Or, or, or is it so much less existent than it's, that it's more like a blip than it is a barrier? Well, I believe it or not, I think it depends upon the industry. So it's true we've come a long way, baby, but we have a long way to go. So I will tell you from the work that I've done, so this is me not being a fly on the wall, but in the trenches on Wall Street, it is still a man's world. Make no mistake about it. They can talk the talk all they want. It is a man's world. That does not mean that barriers have not come down. That does not mean that women have not made great strides. But I think we are kidding ourselves if we think women are equal to men on Wall Street. Where where are they more closer to equal? What industry do you perceive? Well, I think entrepreneurship in general, right? I really believe that. Um, I don't think as a female entrepreneur, I'm treated any differently than a male entrepreneur. I, it could be because I'm dumb and I don't pick up on it, but I, I really don't. I don't, I don't feel that. Believe it or not. I agree with that. Uh, believe it or not. I believe dentistry. I don't think people care who's working in their mouth as long as they're competent. Yes, that makes sense. Right. Medicine, I think it depends upon the specialty. Like I'm really getting, getting down. Like pediatricians, we're used to seeing women. Generalists, we're used to seeing women. If a female surgeon walks into the room, you might think she's a nurse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I'm not saying they're discriminated against, but 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 if we're just being honest and the initial offering. I think, interestingly enough, I think law is one of the slowest moving professions on the planet to change next, next to investment banking. And what's interesting about medicine and law is I think if women aren't graduating in a higher percentage, like maybe 55% women compared to the men, it's pretty close. Yet men still are the partners in a law firm. So law is going through a transition now, but I think it is more difficult for women to crack the barrier in a law firm. And that might have to do with because you have to get the clients and maybe the clients are expecting to see a male senior partner. I'm not really sure, but I Again, I don't think we are there as much as we want to believe that we're there, but we're absolutely getting there. Now, here's an interesting uh, stat, although I don't have the exact stat, Tony. I'll make it up. Oh, we'll make it up. Women, I know women are graduating medical school more than men, but they're not going into the full-time practices. They're doing, this is dentistry three days a week, and that's what they want. They don't want to own the practice. So that's a whole different conversation we're opening up. You know, that's that's very interesting because my dentist, like no one really cares who my dentist is, but her name is Michelle. And, okay, Dr. And Michelle. And she's and she's in practice with her husband, James. Mm -hmm. And and uh, she periodically gets pregnant, uh, <laughs> which is a nice thing. Uh, it'd be more unusual for James to get pregnant, um, but but that is not happening these days. Um, so I, I, I adore Michelle and, and she is 
um, uh, we have great conversations. Actually, she talks to me because my mouth is open, and I've got stuff in there. But but uh, uh, but it, it does stop uh, pregnancy and maternity stops the progress uh, of of she and her practice because he's always there. But well, then she, you know she she's on this she goes on a mater, maternity, so I won't see her for nine or ten months you know, between appointments. Uh, and sometimes I miss her because she's still on maternity leave. And I think that is a barrier for women because it's life, in, it, it, because in a business life, it's life interrupted. Is that not true? Well, I let, uh, I'm not sure I agree with the way you presented it. Is it a different challenge for a woman? Absolutely. Um, you're talking about a husband, wife, family owned business, you know, what she's not seeing, maybe the husband, it's not, she, she's probably going to end up reaching her career goal, regardless, but that's there, true. That's true. But, but there was a time when I first of all, there was a time if a woman was pregnant, she wouldn't tell work because she'd have to leave. Like now there's laws against that, but I think when Marissa Maya, when she was in charge of Yahoo, no commentary one way or the other about her, Yahoo or anything. I believe, I don't know if she took that job when she was pregnant, but she had twins when she was pregnant. And I think that was a turning point for women. And today women will get promoted while they're on maternity leave. So it is shifting in the States, but the burden very much falls on the woman to make sure she stays, all right, here's the contradiction. She stays engaged in her career while she is on maternity leave. How, now, how do you do that? Because we have a, a, by the way, the one business that we didn't say uh, women are equal in is accounting is accounting right and, and our best employees tend to be female and and uh ma many of our employees are in childbearing years mm -hmm. and and they do go on maternity leave and and um but we are precluded i i have a very important tax senior manager that's on maternity leave right now that I would just love to talk to. And I don't feel legally that I can pick up the phone and call her. And, and, and I know she'd want me to, by the way, I know that she mm -hmm. wouldn't mind me calling her and she might actually want to keep informed about what's going on. But I feel like in the state of California, at least I'm precluded from actually calling her because I don't know whether she's technically on disability or what, and, and you don't disturb, you don't disturb someone on disability. And even just the nomenclature, like pregnant maternity leave should not be even labeled disability, but that's a different conversation. Um, so this is where um, no good deed could go unpunished in a way, right? So you have to have some laws to protect women by the same token, when you're feeling with your, that your hands are tied behind your back, knowing that this woman maybe might even appreciate the phone call, puts you in a conundrum because it might be okay now, but then maybe in two years she'll get pissed off and then it comes back to haunt you. Oh, he called me when I was on maternity leave. So there's the, what I'm suggesting is before you leave for maternity leave, I think the woman is the one that would communicate her needs, wants, desires, and not wants and desires. Well, this is a, by the way, this is a great idea. Um, almost uh, this, this particular woman left us beautiful 
what we call exit memos, mm-hmm. where every one of the accounts that she was responsible for, she detailed perfectly so that there would be as little disruption as possible while she was gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm, I'm very grateful. But the one thing we don't ask is what would you like to know or be aware of while you're on maternity leave? Well, check with the attorneys that you're allowed to ask that. But I would, but even, I, I, Crystal, but I want to, I want to make sure that we. But if you can ask it, if you can ask it, I would ask it this way. If you can, I'm writing this down. Is there anything you would like to be kept in the loop on? Yes. Because and then they might say no. And that answer is pretty clear. Or then they might say, well, this client and this client, because they've always been a pain, or not this client and this client, because they're always a pain, right? How, and, and how would you like to be kept in the loop? So men, men that, that are listening to this, write this down. This could be a- And how, way. don't you get the second part? Hold on a second. These, the, these questions can be relationship-changing questions with regard to your relationship with the females in your life and in your business. Go ahead, second question. If they say, yes, they'd like to be kept in the loop, how would you like to be kept in the loop? So they will, and they might look at you and then you would say, phone call, email, text, let us know. So everything is being put onto, and the caveat, of course, is you do not need to be kept in the loop. Let me be very clear. However, out of courtesy for the professional that you are, I wanted to ask you. Okay. Yeah. No, we're not requiring any. There is no wrong answer to this question, really. Right. And as yeah. someone that's, that's self-employed, I will tell you, with my fourth child, I was sitting on the couch holding her. She was three weeks old. I was looking out at my property saying, oh, how beautiful this is. Oh my God, this is what you're doing? Time to get back to work. Ah, Isn't that funny? They, other women might have felt that way, might be feeling that way too. They might welcome. Yes, yes. Um, the, the, The other sense I have with regard to women with children and by the way, Tony, you know, men get paternity leave now. Like, yeah, no, is, no. Yeah. I, we are aware. Is I, I act, my, my sense is, and I don't think we do a good enough job here, is we need to tell women to go home and be with their children and, and get a sense of, I remember my wife, uh, who went back to work relatively shortly after the birth of our first child felt that she missed a lot of moments by working and, and working as hard as she did. And, and it just occurs to me that it's important there be a dialogue uh, to make sure that both men and women who have young children are not missing some of those important moments. And and uh, I, I think for the health of the children, but also for the mental health of the parent. I don't know how we got into this. All right, but hang on. I do want to comment on that, Tony. So two things, two things. One is if you are telling the women in your firm to go home, to be with your family, you should also be telling the men. Yes, yes, I agree. There's that part. I, I, then, I originally made the error and then quickly understood that it really goes both ways. Right. And and I do think people are doing that more and more, which is great. And certainly the younger folk, they're like, hey, five o'clock, I'm out of here. Sometimes they're not wrong. Having that, That's a whole other conversation, right? The other thing that you talked about with your wife going back to work when the kids were young, early, is, and this is where, I think this is the States, it's like this, the European countries, not as much, right? Because we have a different work ethic. We have a different history. Um, 
and and for women the word the, the word and the feeling that must be diminished is guilt we feel women feel guilty when we're at work because we're not at home we feel guilty when we're at home because we're not as at work and i think we have to embrace when you're at work be at work and focus so, on work and so when you're at home be at home we we have to wrap up because my eye watch says that it's time for me to stand up the 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 um I don't even think we're done because what we have not done is pros prescribe what people can actually do. And when we next get together, we're going to do when we next get together, I think that's what we'll have to do actually create some tips. Okay. All right. Let me let, let me leave with this. I think this is the quote from Invictus and it will be a teaser for the next one. I am the mat. What is it? I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. Okay. Something like that. All right. Well, that's uh, Patty Ann. I so appreciate you, and and I know people listening got a lot out of this. Ryan, I know we're done because you've been swizzling. <laughs> I we turn it over to you. Oh, uh, well, Tony, thank you guys. And I appreciate the conversation today. I mean, it's such a loaded topic to unpack women in the workplace and the challenges they're up against and the social dynamics that go along with it all. A lot of really good conversation today. And I know it sounds like Patty Ann, you're not done with us yet. We're going to rip you back <laughs> in one, one more time, but uh, Hey, look for, for everybody out there. We appreciate you guys stopping by and spending some time with us here on the show today. If you enjoyed today's conversation, you took anything away from it, do us a favor and hit that like button. Of course, go ahead and subscribe to the show on whichever platform you checked us out on and then share this information with any friends family business owners anybody that you think would benefit from these types of conversations on this show you know we've spent the last two episodes now with dr patty ann dublin of course we're going to have her back again for a part three uh, but also we have plenty of wonderful guests from within tony's professional network they're going to be joining us here over the course of the next few episodes to unpack some equally interesting topics and we'd hate to have you miss out on any of those fun conversations so for Tony, for Dr. Patty Ann, I'm Ryan. We're going to go ahead and say so long, but we appreciate you stopping by and being with us on today's installment of Go Beyond Numbers.